It's July 20th, 2010, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Welcome back to the lounge at HPD Architecture, where we have some exciting news. Well, it's exciting for us anyway. Well, and the whole state of Minnesota. Well, of course, the whole state of Minnesota. Hello. Well, okay, maybe the architects within the whole state of Minnesota. Okay. We've been asked to speak at the 2010 American Institute of Architects Minnesota Annual Convention about social media, marketing, and architecture, and how all that fits together. Uh, so anyone from Minnesota who might be listening, be sure to come and check us out. It's going to be in Minneapolis. In November. In November. So be sure to bring heavy coats, furry hats, and hot chocolate because we fully expect it to be cold. Which will be a nice change from Dallas at the moment where it's at least 100 degrees. At least. And thankfully we're inside enjoying a nice cold drink and the pleasure of air conditioning. Yay. Yay. But if you live down south, you know exactly what we're talking about, pretty much the whole bottom half of our country, right, right, is dealing with this heat. Yeah, I think Vegas is like 103 or 4 or 10 or 12, something insane. <sighs> but if you were up in the Northeast a couple of week, weeks ago, and I guess anyone listening up in the Northeast knows what I'm talking about, there were temperatures in the hundreds in Philadelphia and D.C. and New York, heat advisories all over the place. And I'm just imagining rolling blackouts from all of the extra power consumption when millions of window units crank on all at once in New York. Our friend and fellow podcaster, Candy Samples, did mention on her Facebook page that the heat was putting quite a strain on the grid with power outages in each borough. I like New York, but New York in the summer without central AC, not in a million years. (laughs) No, no, thank you. I was there when it was cold, and that was kind of bad, but hot, no. Yeah, we had a family vacation to Washington, D.C. one summer, and it was just miserable. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, it's the humidity. It'll get you. Every time. (laughs) Not that we would normally spend an entire podcast talking about the weather, but we're gonna. With this being one of the hottest months of the year, we know listeners are bracing for that obnoxious electric bill that always accompanies this time of year. So we thought we'd toss out some ideas that might help you save on your electric bill, not just for the summer, but possibly throughout the year. We're going to break it down into energy consumption, home energy audits, and easy things to do. And then also we're going to talk about bigger ticket items. You probably won't want to spend the money on at the moment, but we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention them. Before we get rocking and rolling, we want to throw out some basic numbers about where all that electricity is going. So we looked at two different government websites, energystar.gov, which you're probably familiar with because every time there's an appliance commercial you hear Energy Star rating. You see their little blue logo. Right. right. And there's also a site called energysavers.gov. And the percentages for consumption break down to roughly the following numbers. 50% for heating and cooling, 20% for appliances and electronics, 15% for water heating, and 15% for lighting. So, of course, all of that's going to vary based on the age of equipment, amount of equipment, what type of water heater you own, et cetera, et cetera. But either way, both sites are saying basically the same thing. Your heating and cooling equipment is sucking your wallet dry. If you get that first summer bill and think the power company has clearly made a billing mistake, it might be time to get a home energy audit. Typically, at least for us, the summer bills jump since we're running our AC so much. 
but if you're looking at the bill and there's been a significant increase, an energy audit is a great starting point to find out where all of that lovely cool air is going. Yes, because like my dad always said, shut the door, we're not air conditioning the outside. Exactly. Yeah, an energy audit's going to help pinpoint where your house is losing energy, as well as assess the efficiency of your systems. There are two routes to go for an energy audit. One, you can hire a professional to come out and do a full inspection, or you can do a basic inspection yourself. Uh, You can go to energysavers.gov, where there's a link for information on home energy assessments, and they break down the information into do-it-yourself and professional assessments, telling you what to do if you want to perform the inspection yourself and how to get in touch with a professional if you want something more thoroughly uh, inspected and documented. To give you an idea of how much impact an audit can have, one of the home inspectors we know is performing an audit and discovered that the home he was inspecting was losing an amount of air equivalent to two doors being open to the exterior year-round. And folks, that's a lot of air, and that's a lot of air conditioning. Yeah, I heard that story and I just thought, that's incredible. Well, air conditioning and heating. But you don't think about it. It's all those little tiny cracks and... The things you never... I mean, your windows, yeah. all those Electrical outlets, your lighting up in the ceiling. But when you add it all up, that's pretty significant. Right. When you're running your air conditioner in the summer or your furnace in the winter and you're losing that much air, you know, there's an estimate that just reducing the drafts alone can save you 5 to 30% each year on your electric bill. Wow. That's real money. I could spend that somewhere else. Like on clothes from Minnesota. <laughs> right. Oh, see, now we're talking. Okay. The same home inspector, uh, his name is Clayton Bailey, owns a company called Green Scene Home Inspections here in Dallas that not only does the usual home inspection for real estate transactions, but also performs energy audits and produces a document called a Green Report. The Green Report not only talks about how to reduce energy costs, but also how to reduce your overall carbon footprint. Their website is www.greenscenehomeinspections.com, and you can also follow him on Twitter and LinkedIn. In addition to the home energy audit, there are easy things you can do to help bring your electricity usage down. Some of the obvious items are changing over to compact fluorescent bulbs from incandescence and checking the weather stripping at doors and windows. Also, if you're having a home energy audit done, be sure to check the insulation in your attic. If you have blown-in insulation versus bats, and I guess the the way to tell the difference really for us is, you know, the bats are the the fluffy pink things, mm-hmm. and if it's blown in, it looks almost like, to to some extent, like packing peanuts. That's all I'm thinking. Yeah, think just of. sometimes it's just fluff that's yeah. up there. It'll it'll be all over the place rather than in like nice neat mm-hmm. rows between the ceiling. Joists. Exactly. And if you've owned your home for a while, the insulation may have compacted over time to the point that you're not getting the insulating factor that the home needs to maintain a steady temperature. Then there's always the option of setting your thermostat higher in the summer and lower in the winter. This seems pretty obvious, but it does actually make a pretty big difference. Lowering your thermostat 10 to 15 degrees in the winter can save up to 10% on your electric bill. If you haven't changed over to a programmable thermostat, then look into doing that. There are very simple models out there to program, and then you'll know when you leave that you haven't forgotten to set it to a higher or lower temperature. Of course, in the office, I have become the thermostat Nazi, and which is terrible. We, we're sharing space with someone, and you know, every time I come in and the thermostat's been changed, I just flip out, and it always makes me think of the Family Guy episode, where I don't remember why, but I think... Meg or um, Lois 
touch the thermostat and suddenly Peter shows up and who touched the thermostat? And then suddenly <laughs> Quagmire shows up and then uh, Cleveland shows up because they knew that somebody had changed the thermostat. Was everything okay? And we need to check in with Peter. And uh, <laughs> So it does make a difference, especially in, in an office of our size because, you know, our our heating bills, heating bills, our cooling bills in the summertime are pretty high. And those couple of degrees really do make a difference, especially on the weekends when there's no one here or well, there's only sure. one or two people here. Right. One of the things that you might not think of but is easy to have done is to get your HVAC equipment serviced to make sure it's running efficiently. As long as it's working, we don't usually even think about no, it. No, no one thinks about yeah. it. Oh, it's fine. It's cooling. It's not a problem. It's when it stops. Right. Yeah, you don't go to the doctor when you're well. It's You just show up when, when, when you're sick. sick. Fix it when I'm sick. So, um, But you might want to think about having a service person come out and check it particularly check if the refrigerant is fully charged or the coils clean. When was the last time you changed your filter? That's one I'm guilty of all the time. Uh, me too. It's so easy me to too. forget. It's an easy mistake to make, and actually a dirty filter really cuts down on the efficiency of the unit. It just makes sense that a blocked air filter can cause higher energy costs and system damage if you let it go too long. Yeah, and Laura and I were talking about that um, right before we started the podcast because we went through that a couple of years ago where um, came home from vacation and it was 85 degrees in the house and the lines on the air conditioning unit were frozen and turns out that our um, filter had gotten so dirty that the coils on the AC got dirty and it couldn't cool and we ended up having the entire unit replaced and that's a big big mistake to make and a simple you know, simple mistake to make and an easy fix if you catch it ahead of time, but it, you know, right. cost us quite a bit of money out of pocket, which was really awful coming back from New Orleans, and it's 85 degrees in the house. <laughs> so. And all you want to do after vacation is just be in a nice, be cool place. Be in a nice, cool place space and cool and down. recover. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're looking to go whole hog, there are a number of bigger ticket items you can consider to decrease your energy loss and increase your efficiency. Keeping in tune with our last easy item, check for the manufacturing date on your AC equipment. The new minimum efficiency is a 13 SEER, which actually stands for Seasonal Energy Efficiency Ratio. The higher your SEER, the better off you're going to be. If you have an older home with an older system, you probably aren't close to even a 13. I think the minimum at one time was 6, oh, if wow. you can imagine. You can also investigate things like changing over to a geothermal system, but those things are much, much larger ticket items, and it's going to be a long time before you see a return on your investment. Right, and so usually that's a system that you think about if you're building a new if house. you're building a new home, Yeah, right. because that requires actually digging a whole bunch of holes in the ground and yeah. running a Lots of coil ridiculous and cable amount and, yeah, of pipes. But it's, once you get it in place, it's amazingly efficient. It's a efficient. great system, Yeah, right. it's really great. In addition to changing out your air conditioning equipment, you can also look at the efficiency of your household appliances. Are you still using a top-loading washer? What's wrong with the top-loading washer? I'm using one. Well, not very efficient. They're at not? All. No, no. Mm-hmm. Actually, they, they don't work. In fact, I have one at home that I'm dying to get rid of if I could figure out how to squeeze a front-loading unit into my <laughs> That's laundry the space. Problem. Yeah. Anything you can do, including changing out the appliances to increase efficiency, is going to help with your overall bottom line. You can also go with the option of installing replacement windows with insulated glazing. The insulated glazing will help cut down on temperature loss, and if the windows are old enough, air loss through the loose frames themselves. In my house, the original windows are thin aluminum, you know, 1960, so it's very thin aluminum, 
single pane glass and all winter long all I do is sweat and if you actually feel behind the curtains in the house there's like a 15 degree temperature difference between the air behind the curtains that's right there at the window and the rest of the space. Well and that's really an inefficiency that you can feel because that cold air sinks yeah. and it just kind of oozes into your space and yeah. that's why my toes are cold <laughs> yeah. all well, winter long. Mine right? too. Mine do the same thing. Yeah, like exactly. My feet are cold constantly. Yeah. While you're replacing your windows, look at the option of adding skylights or another option is a solar tube. It's a great way to incorporate daylighting and reduce the length of time the lights are on. For example, our partner Holly has two in her kitchen that make it feel like the lights are already on. So much so that when you walk out and reach to turn the lights off, you find that the switches aren't even on. And that's happened to me a couple of times, when we've, especially when we were still officing at her house. You know, it would mm -hmm. be the, the middle of the day and I'd walk into the kitchen and grab some water or, or something and walk out and I'm hitting the light switches and nothing's happening. <laughs> Well, of course nothing's happening. There's no lights on. Yeah, you hit this light switch and they actually come on, and yeah. then you're like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. it's very, very disconcerting, but it, it really, you know, made a huge difference for her. Well, and it makes the space that much nicer. Right. It's just really nice to be in that kitchen. Right. Of course, all of these options cost money, whether they're easy fixes or the big ticket items. So you should always ask yourself what your return is going to be on those investments. Try to work out an estimate for the cost versus how much you're going to save and see how long it takes to break even. Plus, if you're doing something like replacing windows, talk to a realtor in your area to see what value may be added to the home once you're ready to sell. Hopefully this podcast has given you some ideas for lowering not just your AC cost, but the overall electricity cost as well. And we've just touched the tip of the iceberg, by the way. I mean, there's so much more information out there, so many more things you can do. In addition to the websites we mentioned, energystar.gov and energysavers.gov, check with your state and with your city to see what their green initiatives are. Dallas just changed, no, well, not didn't change, but they're starting to adopt their green initiatives. They have suggestions out there for things that you can do to help increase your efficiency and reduce your carbon footprint. And also look at having a green report done and see, you know, what are those other things that you can do to have less of an impact on the environment. Right, and bottom line, save you money. Save you money. Yeah. And keep an eye out for Dallas Architect, the home of the Architecture Happy Hour blog. You can find the blog at www.thearchitecturehappyhour.com. We'll post additional information there, including the links we mentioned above, as well as additional links for reference. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can search HPD Architecture, all one word. Or if you're in the Dallas area, you can always visit our networking event every third Wednesday of the month. Just search meetup.com for the Architecture Happy Hour, and you'll find a link to our latest event, including time, location, information about drink specials, and what else is going on. But for now, we have to say goodbye and wander back out into the hot, hot heat. Ugh. At least until we reach our cars. Right. And we turn the air conditioning back on. Right. <laughs> exactly. Everyone try and stay cool this summer. From the lounge at HPD Architecture, I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.